Thank you for listening to the podcasts from Life Central Church. For more information or to visit one of our locations, go to lifecentralchurch.org.uk. You all are awake, and I love that. Um, we need to teach my, my church uh, the first service. Uh, if I say good morning, uh, there's like two people that say it. So we'll, we'll practice it here, though. Good morning. All right. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Uh, it's good to be with you all. Uh, as Leon said, my name is Reed. It's Reed Moore. It's a funny name. It's a command. And uh, my parents, <laughs> see, some of you, you didn't, yeah. some of you are going to chuckle halfway in a serious part of my, my talk and you're going to go, I got it, like the books. Um, and so, uh, yeah, my, that's, that's my name. I'm from uh, Atlanta, Georgia, born and raised. That's why I sound like this. And so please forgive me if I call you all y'all uh, from time to time. Um, yeah, that's, that's the, the accent uh, coming through. Uh, but uh, anyway, I'm glad to be with you guys this morning. We're kicking off this brand new series, I Choose. We're going to talk about uh, the power and the potential of choices. And uh, if you don't like the preaching this week, come back next week. Leon's brilliant, and, uh, and, so, and, and he sounds correct, and so he'll... He'll do a great job, but uh, yeah, you can have grace for me, but I do, I love your team here, and uh, I'm grateful to get to be with you guys. I got to be here in the summer, uh, hanging out with the staff, and, um, and spend some time with Leon, and um, yeah, just been so encouraged. And so my hope and my prayer uh, has been, uh, leading up, uh, as much as you all and, and your team, and even some of the volunteers that I've gotten to meet, um, as much as you all have been an encouragement to me, uh, my hope and my prayer today is that I would be an encouragement to you uh, in your life, in your faith, in your decisions. My hope and my prayer uh, in the week leading up to this, my wife and I have been praying that this trip, uh, that I would be a gift to you and that the words that the Lord has stirred in my heart uh, would bless you, strengthen you, give you some tools uh, to help you uh, as you walk through uh, this crazy thing that we call life and as you navigate your faith. And so with that being said, uh, I wanted to, to start um, just by sharing a story with you. So a couple years ago, uh, a couple years ago, I was in a meeting uh, with some other pastors, and there was a speaker there. And the speaker, uh, he was sharing a story uh, about a time where uh, he ran a marathon. And uh, he did not want to, admittedly, he said, I did not want to run this marathon, but his sister wanted to run a marathon, and he wanted to be a good brother. And so his sister was like, hey, I'd really like to run a marathon. Will you uh, train and run with me? And he was like, oh, like, I don't really want to, but I love you, and so I'm going to do this. And so the two of them, they, they started to, to practice together and, and, and they did a little bit of training. They hired a coach just to kind of show them like, you know, because you can't just get up and go run a marathon. Uh, maybe some of you can, but that, that's, you're a freak. You know what I mean? Like, so it's like, it's like, like how, how would you do that? So, so they, they, they begin to practice and they, and they train and, and they kind of got their rhythms down. And when it came race day, they felt ready. He was like, man, I was in some of the best shape of my life. And, and so he and his sister are running and they're keeping pace together. And he said at the halfway point, they were, they were just, they're cruising. They're doing an incredible job. And he said, we had such a good pace together uh, that we didn't really want to slow down or stop. And so as they were running, they, uh, they, after the halfway point, they skipped a couple of the hydration stations. They, they were like, oh, we don't want to break rhythm. We're, we're, we're feeling really, really good. We're good. Like, no, nah, I don't need your little cup of water. And so they just, they kept, they kept running. And uh, he said they got to mile 24 of the marathon. And they're at mile 24, and he said at this point, his sister had, uh, had what's called the runner's high. 
uh, and, which I don't believe is a real thing. Uh, I've never run long enough to think that I enjoyed running. I'm like, maybe I just give up too early, but I'm like, I'm not built for that. And so, uh, but she has what's called the runner's high. And so she's feeling like, she's just feeling euphoric about running. And she starts, you know, she's saying things to him. They're running and she's like, she's like, Ben, I just feel so blessed right now. And she's, they're running and she's like, I just feel like God is carrying us. And he said at that point, he realized he should have stopped and gotten water. And he thought to himself, and he told us, he said, I don't know if I thought it just to myself or if I said it out loud, but the thought hit me. God might be carrying you, but I think he dropped me, right? Like, and he said at that point, tunnel vision, and his knees got weak and wobbly and buckled. And there he was. He fell down at mile marker 24, and he skint up his knees and he had to go to the, the medical tent and get an IV and, and there he is. And, and he shared that with us to say, hey, he's like, hey, I learned a lot that day um, and not just about running races. He said, I learned a lot about life. And he said, what I learned about life is, is he said, you guys know this, you've, you've heard this comparison. He said, life is like a marathon. He said, life is like a marathon. And he said, everyone runs, everyone finishes, and he says, but not everyone finishes well. He goes, life is like a marathon. He's like, we all run, we all finish, but we don't all finish well. We don't all finish with our character intact. We don't all finish with our reputations intact, with our marriages intact, with our relationships and our friendships intact. We don't all finish with a legacy worth handing off to the next generation uh, we, we, we're all gonna run in life. We're all gonna run, we're all gonna finish, but we will not all finish well. And the reason why I share that this morning, you guys, is uh, this has been something that's become increasingly important to me as I get older. Uh, the older I get, the, the longer I run, the more people that I see failing and fumbling and falling short of the finish line, right? Like they finish, but it wasn't the way that they wanted to finish. Arms in the air, crossing the finish line, right? Uh, in just the past few years, uh, I'll just be transparent with you, specifically in my line of work, in the line of pastoral ministry, um, I have watched a number of people who do what I do and, and lead churches and preach sermons and things like that. And I've watched a number of these people and they've failed and they've fallen short and they've blown up their character and they've blown up their marriages and they've blown up their ministry uh, because of some of the, the choices that they've made and and. And you guys, uh, some of them were my friends. Some of them heroes in the church. Some of them people that I, that I read, that I listened to regularly, that I looked up to. And, and, and they failed and they fell short and it didn't just affect them, you know this. It's the reason why some of you, uh, you can't get your friend to come to church. It's the reason why some of you have been like, I don't know if I should go back to church because somebody like me who you trusted failed and they didn't finish well. And, and, and I watched that and it's, and it's broken my heart and, and, and it's really, it's shaken me. It's shaken me. And here's why, because I would have considered some of these people, y'all, better people than me. As I watched them, I would have considered them better people than me. I would, I would have said, oh, if, if, if somebody's gonna finish well, it's gonna be that person. And what I've realized is if it could happen to them, it could happen to me. Yeah? If, if it could happen to them, it, it could happen 
to me, right? Like uh, if they could let their guard down, if they could fall into temptation and sin, then so could I. If they could get burnt out, if they could tap out, then so could I. If they could lose sight of what matters most and if they could get caught running the wrong race or running the wrong direction or running somebody else's race, then that could happen to me because nobody sets out to finish poorly, do they? Nobody sets out to, nobody sets out to finish Poorly. Nobody, nobody sets out to, to crash and burn. Uh, none of us starts out wanting to blow up our marriage or our reputation or our career or our finances or our integrity or our legacy, right? Like we, we set out into a new year. We set out into a new career path. We set out into new seasons and we set out into the marathon called life, knowing that it's going to be challenging, but hoping that we'll finish well, right? And yet so many of us won't and so many of us don't. And what we ought to be careful of and what I've been trying to guard my heart against is looking at those that have failed and fallen short and telling ourselves that that could never be us. We ought to be careful about that. Uh, Knowing that and knowing that we would all like to finish well, uh, there's a question that I've been asking myself that I think all of us should be asking ourselves, especially at the onset, the start of a new year. Uh, A good question for us to begin asking ourselves is this, how do we run well today so that we finish well tomorrow? How, How can we run well today in order to finish well tomorrow? Whether that's this year, if you're going, hey, how can I start this year and begin running well so that I finish, so that at the end of the year, I've got more to celebrate and appreciate than I do to regret, right? Like, how do I run well this year so that I finish the year well? Or, or maybe it's a new season. Maybe uh, you're, you're entering into a new season of life. Maybe you're entering into a new career or you're entering into retirement or you're about to have kids or you're entering into marriage or, or, or whatever it is. How do, how do I run this, this part well so that I finish that season well tomorrow, right? How do I run well today so that I finish well tomorrow? That's something that I've been really trying uh, to study and learn recently. Uh, The same guy that talked about the marathon experience, he shared this advice with us. He said, when you see people that are running well, or when you see someone who's finished well, you should go learn from them. He's like, you should look around for people that are running well or who have finished well, and you ought to learn, learn from them. Find people who have finished the season that you're currently in, and they finished it well, and go and learn from them, right? Like, watch them, but not in like a creepy way, but like, you know, like, like watch their habits, and, and what are the things that they do? Take them out for coffee, ask a few questions, get to know them, like, learn from those people, right? Like, people who have finished their careers well, go learn from them. People who've, like, if you're a young married couple in the room, you need to find uh, some of these people in the room that have 40 plus years of marriage and you need to invite them over for dinner and go, how did you last? How did you make it work? How did you survive? Because we're in year two and he's sleeping on the couch, you know what I mean? Like, and so you go like, like, how did you make it work, right? Like, so find the people that got 40 plus years of marriage. Find the people that have great relationships. For those of you that are parents in the room, find the people who have great relationships with their adult kids. Like their adult kids still want to be with them and still want to come over and hang out with them. Find those people and go, how'd you do it? Find the people that have great relationships with their grandkids and, 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 and learn from them, right? So so been kind of, kind of going through like this as, as a habit, trying to find people who are running well or who have finished well and learning from them. And then another place, you guys, that I've been learning uh, and that I've been looking to learn to finish well, uh, and this will come as no surprise to you given the, the profession that I have, but another place that I've been uh, going to to learn about how to run and finish well are the scriptures. It's the scriptures. 
And again, no surprise there, right? As a Christian as a, and as a pastor, uh, I often go to scripture seeking God for spiritual direction, for wisdom, for guidance, for truth, for peace, for comfort and conviction. But I also dig in to scripture uh, to allow God to teach me lessons from the lives of others that have gone before me. You see, the, the benefit of scripture, listen, I don't know what you believe uh, about the Bible. Uh, like, like for me, I believe it is the divinely inspired word of God. But even if you're not there yet, like if you're like, hey, I, I don't know what I think about scripture. I'm not sure if I think it's the divinely inspired word of God. Listen, this is why you should still read the Bible because in the Bible, there are over a hundred biographies of people who have finished. And, and in it, two thirds of them don't finish well, which you can learn lessons from people that don't finish well. You don't wanna go hang out with them. You know what I mean? But like, but, but like you, can, you can learn some lessons from that, but there's a third of these stories and they finish gloriously well. They finish gloriously well. And so there's some lessons that we can learn from these people. So regardless of what you think about the Bible, there's some wisdom and there's some gold in there for you to be able to glean for your life. And one of those people uh, who finished gloriously well, you guys, is a guy named Paul. Uh, and, and you've probably heard of Paul before, and, and if you've never heard of Paul, let me just introduce you. Paul uh, was originally a guy named Saul, and he was a first century Jewish religious leader, and he was a persecutor of Christianity. And then Paul, uh, you can read about it in the book of Acts uh, chapter nine, uh, but Paul has an encounter with the living Jesus, and it transforms him like from the inside out, totally changes his life, changes his mind, changes the direction of his life, and he goes from Christian persecutor to church planner. And he travels much of what would have been at that time the known world, and he begins planting churches and telling people about Jesus, and he faces persecution, and he faces pain, and he faces setbacks, and he faces trials, and through all of it, this guy runs a race, and he finishes well. As a matter of fact, I want to show you, this is how he describes to one of his protégés at the end of his life, um, his apprentices, this guy named Timothy, uh, he writes about this. this. Many believe that 2 Timothy might be one of the last letters that Paul ever wrote, and he writes this, and this is what he says about his life and the race that he run, he had run. He says, in 2 Timothy 4, he says, for I am already being poured out like a drink offering and the time for my departure is near. He knows that the prison cell that he's in, he's probably never gonna walk away from. He says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. And now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to those who have longed for his appearing. Here's Paul at the end of his life, finish line, in sight. He's at mile marker 24, and instead of weak knees and, and a collapse, right, he looks back and he's able to say, and he's able to run with confidence, I fought the good fight, I finished the race, I kept the faith. Don't you wanna be able to say that? Like, don't you want to be able to, like, like I was thinking about this, like, 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 don't you want to be able to say that? Like when it comes to, to the end of this year, don't you want to be able to look back and go, I ran well, like I ran a good race. Like I'm proud of the life that I lived. Like I, like I ran and now here at the end, I've got more to celebrate and more to appreciate than I do to regret. I ran well. Like, don't you want to be able to say that? I, I know I want to be able to say that. I want to be able to say that when, when, when seasons come to an end, I want to be able to say, man, I ran that, I ran that well. When 2024 comes to the end, I'd like to be able to look back on this year and go, I ran, I ran well. I lived that well. I ended the year better than the way that I started. When my time, you guys, I've been thinking about this a lot. When my time to like not be the pastor at Gwinnett Church, and that'll come. When that comes to an end, I hope I can look back 
and go, I ran well. I finished with my integrity. I finished with my character. I finished with my marriage. My kids still love me and they still love the church. I hope, I'll, I, hope I can look back and go, I finished well. I hope y'all, when my time on this earth is at its end, and that's coming for all of us, we all got a finish line. I hope I'll be able to look back and go, I ran well. I lived it well. Don't you want to be able to say that? The question this morning though is how? Like, how did he do it? Like, as we're stepping into a new year, you're setting goals, you're gonna be, you know, like, like we're, we're reflecting and, and a lot of you, maybe you set new year's resolutions or you got a, you know, you got a word of the year or whatever that is that you guys, do. I don't know what you're doing, you know? But, but we got all that. How do we run well this year so that we finish well? How do we run well in, our, in the season that we're in and finish well? How do we run well with our lives so that we finish well? Well, and this morning I want to show you what the Apostle Paul says. He actually, told, he actually tells a, a church in Corinth, he, he gives them some tips on how he ran in order to finish well. And he wrote this years before he ever said, I finished the race. And, uh, but he gives them a clue as to how he ran. And I want to show you that this morning. I'm going to give us one choice, right? Uh, a choice that we can make. The series is called I Choose. And Leon's going to get uh, some more choices. But today I want to show you one thing that we can choose that can make a difference in how we run so that we finish well whatever season that we're, that we're running into. And so uh, this is how the Apostle Paul says it in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. He starts off and he says, do you not know that in a race, all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? He says, run in such a way as to get the prize. So here, Paul is using race analogy and, and he's writing to these people in Corinth. And the reason why he uses race analogy is uh, uh, Corinth had a big athletic uh, culture, uh, they would often host um, like Olympic games and things like that in Corinth. And so race analogy would have been a great picture for them. They understood what he was talking about. And, and he writes to them and he says, you know how in a race everybody's trying to win? And they're like, yeah, we've seen a race. And so he says, you know how in a race everybody's trying to win? He says, in the same way, that's how I want you to run. But that's how you ought to live. You ought to live in such a way that you win like at life. And, and now it's important to point out, he's using the race imagery um, and he's encouraging us to, to run in such a way that we win. But uh, it's important to point out that when Paul talks about winning, he's not actually talking about though that you should live in a way that you beat anybody else. Like, like, like the win when it comes to a race is to finish first, but the win when it comes to life is to finish well, right? And, and so that's, that's important to distinguish. You're not trying to beat anybody else. The goal in life is not to finish first or to finish fast, it's to finish well. And so Paul's going like, hey, but you should run in such a way that you, that you finish well. You, you want to run to win, you want to run uh, so that you succeed, so that you thrive, so that you grow, so that you do and become all that you were created to do and become, right? He's like, run, run well, run to win. But how do we do that? Again, how do we, how do we run in such a way that we finish well? Well, Paul is going to continue. He's like, all right, that, that's, that's what you, you, you need to be running to win. And he says, he continues on. He says, everyone who competes in the games, they go into strict training. Can you say that with me? Strict training. That's right. Look at that. Leon, you got them well trained. Uh, they do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. So the Apostle Paul 
He says, hey, you know, you've, you've watched these athletes. He says, you know, they go into this training. They don't just show up. Again, like you don't just show up and run a marathon. They don't just show up and expect to win. They go into strict training. And he says, and, and they go into this strict training. He says, they do it to get a crown like of like leaves, a laurel. You know what I mean? Like crown. He's like, that is, that is like literally not going to last. He goes, they're, they're doing it for something that doesn't even really matter, but they're training. So they're training for something that's not gonna last, a plastic trophy, a, 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 a ribbon on the wall, a little medal, a crown. He's like, they're doing it, they're training for something that doesn't even matter. How much more so, the point he's trying to make, how much more so in the areas that matter most should we, should we be training ourselves? How much more so ought we ought to be training ourselves to, to run well and to finish well for the things that matter most in the area of our marriage? in our relationships, in our friendships, in our relationships with our kids, in our family life, in our parenting, in our finances, in our physical health, in our spiritual health. That's really what he wants to get to. He's like, what about your soul? He's like, you train, right? Andy's over here doing cold plunges, like to, to, to train his body, you know what I mean? And, and he's, like, he's like, hey, listen, you train for, for, to win a trophy that doesn't even matter, how much more so the areas that matter most? That's the point he's trying to make. And, and, and I love, you know, I wanted to point out, Paul, Paul says one of, the, one of the keys to running well, he says that it's not just trying harder. He doesn't say, hey, you know, you know how you run to win? You just run faster. He doesn't say that. He says, no, no, no. He says, if you want to win at life, you want to experience joy and peace and contentment and satisfaction and hope and spiritual growth. He says, you don't simply try harder, you train better. And it's not about just trying, it's about training. Now, what's the difference? You might say, like, that's, that feels like semantics. Um, but, but the reality is trying is when you rely on direct effort alone. Trying is when, is when you do nothing different this year, but you expect different results. Trying is when, is when you go, hey, you know what? Like, like, like trying is when you say, hey, you, you, like, I'm not going to do anything different, but I expect next Saturday to be different than last Saturday. Uh, like, like, like trying is when you go, hey, I'm not going to do anything different, but I'm somehow expecting the next relationship to be better than the last relationship. Yeah. Trying is when you go, hey, you know what? Like, I'm not, I'm not going to do anything different, but this year I expect my finances to get different and better. Yeah. Right? Like, like, like that's try it's just like, it's, it's expecting, doing nothing different, but expecting you'll have the willpower on the next time. Yeah. That's trying. But Paul says that's, that's, not what, that's not what we do. We, we train, and, and training, on the other hand, is different. Training is when you put practices into place, which over time enable us to do in the future what we can't do through direct effort now. That's what training is. Training is when you do some small things, make some small tweaks, do some, some different things, make some different choices, start doing some things that you weren't doing before, stop doing some things that you were doing before, and, and you make those small changes so that over time you build up the strength and, and you actually see some different results. That's what, that's what training is. And Paul says that when it, comes to, uh, when it comes to running to win and when it comes to growth and to change and ultimately spiritual transformation, uh, what Paul says is it's not about trying harder. It's about training better. I love what Dallas Willard said. He's a theologian and a professor and author and writer. He says, as disciples of Jesus Christ, we do not try to be different people, but rather we are training to be different people. 
And now Paul's gonna go on to share some tips for how to train better. And, and I want you to see this because he's gonna give us uh, a way that we can train better so that we run well and finish well um, in our seasons of life and, and in life. So he continues on. He says, therefore, and whenever you see a therefore, this is just Bible study tips. Whenever you see a therefore, and this is what they, they taught us in seminary, you gotta find out what it's there for. You know what I mean? Like, so if you see a therefore, you should ask yourself, what's it there for? And so, uh, but when he says therefore, he's going like, therefore, with that in mind, knowing that I wanna run to win, knowing that it's gonna require some training, he says, therefore, and he's gonna give us some clues on how to train better. He says, therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. He says, I don't run aimlessly. I run with purpose. I've got a destination in mind. Here's the, here's the deal, church. If we're gonna run well, then we've gotta train well. And Paul says, if you're gonna train well, the number one tip right here for training well, define the finish line. You gotta define the finish line. You've, you've got to have a finish line in mind. If you're going to run well, uh, then you've got to run towards something, right? And you've got to have a finish line in mind or else you will run aimlessly or you will run nowhere. You will find yourself running in circles or God forbid, you will find yourself just following whoever's in front of you or beside you and you'll run somebody else's race if you haven't defined the finish line. And so Paul, I love, Paul talked often about his finish line, his destination, the one that he had in mind. And this may not be yours, but, but just so you know, the apostle Paul, he had his in mind. He said, I don't run aimlessly. I have the finish line in mind. And I wanted to share with you what his is. This is in Philippians. He talks about it. He says, I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. And so somehow attaining the resurrection from the dead. Not that I've already obtained this or have already arrived at my goal. I'm not there yet. He says, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of for me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken a hold of it. I haven't crossed the finish line yet. He says, but one thing I do, forgetting what's behind and straining towards what's ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Paul had a finish line in mind. He had defined the finish line. And for him, you guys, for Paul, it was to know and be like Jesus. That was his goal. He's like, I want to know and be like Jesus so that one day I get to be with Jesus all the time, forever, in eternity. He goes, that's what I want. I want to know and be like Jesus and to experience the life that Jesus died and raised to give me. That was his finish line. That was what he was running towards. And side note, Christians in the room, for those of you that would call yourself followers of Christ, that ought to be your target as well. Ultimately, that ought to be your target as well. To each day to know and become more like Jesus, that's what we run towards, right? Paul had a destination in mind and that was his target. And because of that, because he had the destination defined, you guys, it helped to shape his decisions. It helped uh, define his habits and it guided his steps. Uh, a popular author named Stephen Covey, he actually said, uh, he, he called this uh, beginning with the end in mind. That's what he called it. He says, begin with the end in mind. And that's what Paul was doing. He had his finish line in mind and it helped him run well and to stay the course. It helped him to know what to say yes to and what to say no to because he had his finish line in mind. And he knew, hey, you know what? If I do that, that's not gonna get me there. And so I gotta say no. And maybe it's a no forever. Maybe it's just a no for now, but not forever. But I know I gotta say no right now if that's where I'm heading. Oh, I gotta say yes to some of these things because if that's where I'm heading. And so it helped him to define those things, having that destination. 
Regardless of where you are on your faith journey, though, the, the lesson here for all of us is that if you want to run and finish well in whatever season you're facing, you got to run on purpose and you have to have a finish line in mind. You got to define the finish. Uh, because when you're going somewhere on purpose, it helps you to establish the right yeses and no. Uh, going somewhere on purpose helps to shape your priori priorities. And so identify your destination. Who do you want to become? But maybe a more important question, who does God want you to become? What reputation do you hope to have? What kind of relationships do you hope to experience? What kind of marriage do you hope to have? What kind of family do you want to have? What kind of financial situation do you hope to be in? What kind of physical shape do you hope to be in? What type of work do you hope to be doing in the future? What kind of legacy do you hope to be leaving? What kind of intimacy with God do you hope to experience this year? What kind of spiritual growth do you want to experience? What kind of impact do you want to make on the lives of others? You need to define the finish line so you do not run aimlessly and so that you're running towards a goal, a destination with purpose, not aimless. Paul says, Paul says that he defines the finish line, but he's not finished there because when you've defined the finish line, then you've got to, and you've identified the win, now you've got a choice to make. And Paul's gonna share with us the, the I choose, the thing that he chooses with his finish line in mind. So he says, I don't run aimlessly. He says, no, he continues on in, in 1 Corinthians. He says, no, I strike a blow to my body and I make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. He says, I strike a blow to my body. Another translation reads, I discipline my body. And the idea here is that Paul says, with that finish line in mind, I make a decision. And the decision that I choose is I choose self-discipline. I choose self-discipline. The second thing you gotta do, if you're gonna run well this year, right? You gotta define your finish line. But the second thing that you gotta do is you gotta choose discipline. You gotta choose discipline. And discipline is, is, in simplest terms, discipline is just choosing what you want most over what you want now. That's discipline, right? And the reason why, though, it gets a bad rap and the reason why a lot of people don't like that word is because discipline involves delayed gratification. Ooh, right? Like, right? I don't want to delay, right? I want it now. Uh, I don't want to have to wait for it or work for it or work at it, right? I just want it now, right? Which is why so many of you get so mad when like your phone is like loading for like two seconds. You're like, it shot something up into space and now it's going to tell you every answer that you need to know, but you're like, oh! And so it's like, man, we don't like the delay, but, but can I just be honest with you? The truth that Paul knows, that anyone training for anything knows, that I'm sure you know, even though I don't know all of you, the truth that Paul knows is that in the areas that matter most, if you want to win, if you want to experience success, there's always a price to pay. There is always a price to pay. And the price that we pay, according to Paul, is discipline. And you can either suffer the pain of discipline or you will suffer the pain of regret. You can either suffer the pain of discipline or you will suffer the pain of regret. Discipline is that bridge between our goals and our outcomes. Inspiration will get you going at the beginning of the year, but it's discipline that will keep you growing throughout the year. And so with that in mind, I just wanna ask you a couple questions. With your finish line in mind, what might you need to choose now in order to experience what you want most? What do you need to choose now? What do you need to start doing now in order to reach that finish line? Another question that you could ask yourself. With your finish line in mind, what do you need to say no to now in order to experience what you want most? In order to experience what your heavenly father wants most? In order to get to that destination You've got a choice. God has given us that. 
You can choose the pain of discipline now, or you can choose to experience the pain and regret later. But the choice is ours. And Paul's, Paul's declaration and invitation is choose discipline. Run to win so that you can receive the prize, right? And not a crown and not a trophy, but the prize of a life well lived. The, price of, uh, the prize of a life that is full and free and ultimately forever with your Savior. He's like, choose discipline, right? Choose discipline. And you will be, by default, not choosing regret. So if we're going to run to win, then you got to know. You don't win by wishing. You don't win by hoping. You don't even win just by praying. You win by preparing. And you finish well. And with God's help, by the power of his Holy Spirit in you, as you discipline yourself, you experience transformation and growth. And you run well and you finish well. Now, there's one last thing as I close. There's one last thing that I'll add to this. Uh, it's in, and it's not in the passage. Uh, this is just from me um, as a pastor that I wanna just encourage you with. Um, so take it for what it's worth. In the marathon that we call life, right? Paul says, you gotta define the finish line, absolutely. And you gotta choose discipline because it's necessary and we need it. It is the bridge um, to our outcomes. Um, but in this crazy marathon that we call life, there's gonna be challenges, there will be obstacles, there will be struggles, there will be setbacks, there will be difficulties, there will be dark days, and there will be moments where your discipline fails. And I just wanna remind you as you run, this one last tip. As you're running your race, I want to remind you to embrace grace. I wanna remind you to embrace grace. That guy that I told you that didn't finish at mile marker 24, you know what happened? He fell down and he skinned his knees and he's got his IV and he was bummed that he didn't finish the way that he hoped that he would. But after he got his IV and he got his knees patched up and his sister waited on him, they got to walk across that finish line and they finished their race and he raised his hands and he got to finish and he finished better after he'd gotten a little bit of help. So sometimes life is gonna knock you down and, and, and there's a lot of freedom though, you guys, in remembering you can walk when you feel overwhelmed or tired and when you don't know where to go or what to do. And maybe you're dealing with something heavy right now and it's been a season of running hard and you feel like you've been running uphill or life has just been kicking you down. I want to remind you, embrace grace. Remember, it's okay to walk sometimes. It's okay to slow down your pace. It's okay to take a breath. It's okay to ask for help. It's okay to rest. The win is that we finish well, not finish fast and not finish first. And if you feel like you've already failed and fallen short, let me just speak to you. Can I just say, welcome to the club. Welcome to the club. Y'all, the only one who ran a perfect race was Jesus. And the good news of the gospel is even though we fail and fall short by his grace through faith in his life, death, and resurrection on our behalf, we can get up, we can learn from our failures, turn from our failures, grow from our failures, and we can keep running towards the finish line. Thanks be to Jesus that in him there's grace for our race. And that even when we fail, we can still get up and we can finish well. So as we wrap up, you guys, define your finish line. Choose discipline. Choose discipline, not regret. And then as you run along the way, remember to embrace grace because there's so much grace for our race. Let's follow Paul's example with God's help by the power of his spirit in us, by his grace and his goodness. And let's run to win so that we finish well. We all got our own race to run, you guys. We'll all cross a finish line one day. How we finish is gonna be up to us. 
So let's run in a way that we run and finish well. Amen. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, thank you so much. Thank you that you love us. You care about where we're going. You care about where we end up. You care about how we run. And so by your goodness and your grace and your providence, you've preserved these words from the Apostle Paul, somebody who ran well, uh, to encourage us in our own race. And so God, I just pray that we would take it seriously. Um, I pray that we would uh, take something from today. I pray that you would help us to define our finish line. I pray that you would help us to choose discipline because the beauty of discipline is that over time, God, you know this, over time that discipline can can turn to desire. And one day it could turn into devotion that the thing that we once had to make ourselves do becomes the thing that we don't, that we can't do without. So God, I pray that you would just help us, help us to choose discipline. And then God, remind us that you've got so much grace for us. You've got so much grace for us. And so help us to embrace grace in our race and to run well. God, I pray for each person watching online and gathered here today. I pray that you would help us to run well this year so that we finish well in the end. We love you. We trust you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.